Welcome to the PAM podcast from KXE in London. As a church, we want to learn ways of being with Jesus, becoming like him and doing the things he did in order to see the city we love transformed. This podcast is a resource to help us explore these spirit-filled patterns of living and start putting them to practice every day. This podcast is on confession. We invited Mark Knight, a lecturer in systematic and historical theology at St. Melitus, to come and speak to us on the subject. Mark has done a PhD on the life and theology of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German theologian from the last century who basically reintroduced confession to the Protestant Church when it was pretty much considered a spiritual discipline exclusively for the Catholic Church. Mark's insights are therefore rich on the subject and incredibly practical. Okay, we're here with Mark Knight. Um, thank you so much, Mark, for being with us. Mm, so good, good to have you here. here. Um, and we're going to be chatting about confession. And um, just, just quickly to start off with, um, for a lot of people, confession might feel like quite an alien concept. And mm. um, and for those who know something about it, it can uh, sometimes appear like quite a depressing pattern, and perhaps one when they look at the list, the one they might avoid. So in one t- sentence, um, and I might let you have two, what argument would you give for confession being a vital and relevant practice as we apprentice Jesus? Hmm. Okay, one sentence or two. Let's see. Um, You've already used up. I have. There, yeah. Well, look, <laughs> throwing all punctuation to the wind, um, I'll just say a little bit about um, how I think it works. Um, I mean, I agree with you. Confession is, um, for a lot of people, it, it sounds like a dirty word, doesn't it? It sounds um, uh, f- like a frightening thing to do. It sounds potentially like a negative um, thing to do. Although I, I think a lot of us are probably familiar with it um, when it goes by other names, names like accountability, for example, or perhaps spiritual direction and things like that. Um, what is confession and why should we do it in a, in a line or two? Well, um, I think um, as a rule, when we think about spiritual disciplines, I think it's a good idea to start with the question, not what are we up to when we do this or that spiritual practice, but actually what is God up to when we do this or that um, spiritual practice? Um, and I think in confession, what God is up to is, is God is graciously uh, enabling us to tell um, a slightly truer story about ourselves, to ourselves and to somebody else, um, and then also to find um, that story in um, God's bigger story. And, um, and I think the, the kind of dramatic arc of that storytelling is really um, the idea of repentance, which is an, is another word that people find frightening and, and sounds like a dirty word. But um, you know, to repent um, in the Gospels in the New Testament is really um, primarily to turn towards the God who is calling us to Himself, um, calling us away from the past into the future, calling us into the new, and in the process of being called to turn towards Him we will find ourselves um, uh, recognising um, and then turning away from from the old, from sin, from brokenness, from corruption. Um, and so I think the spiritual discipline of, of confession sort of seen aright, um, it really it keys into the sort of fundamental shape of Jesus's way for the renewal of all things. It's... Um, um, that which is old in us is is graciously enabled to die, and and that which is new is graciously enabled to flourish. Mm. I think that's what confession is. Yeah. That's 
quite a few sentences about yeah, it. You, but, you definitely broke the rule, but yeah, it sounded good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please <laughs> um, forgive me. So if you could briefly explain for someone who's just never, is totally unfamiliar with confession, what are we actually talking about when we talk about confession? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think when we talk about confession, uh, we're, we're really talking about two two things. It's kind of a two-part thing. Um, it's an act of speaking, but actually it's also an act of hearing. So um, we are speaking, we are um, naming concretely some sin, some struggle, naming the state that we're in at some level, concrete level, particular level, really drilling down. Um, that's the act of speaking. And, um, and But then also confession is fundamentally an act of hearing because as we confess, as we speak, we then prepare to hear and we, we prepare to hear the words of Christ's comfort to us, the words of reconciliation, the words of restored connection with God and with one another. Um, so in a nutshell, it's those two things. It's, um, it's speaking um, in preparation to listen. That's what the discipline looks like. For the, the geeks like me, um, how is this actually like developed within like church tradition? Um, and yeah, why is it, how is it a practice that we've come to hold today? Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, yeah, let's, we've got to do the very brief version, I think, for, the, for, 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 for this. Um, so um, obviously repentance is this you know, pretty fundamental theme in the preaching of Jesus and the message of the kingdom. So Mark 1, 14, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. And the little pre-echo of that proclamation of Jesus in the story of Mark is um, uh, John the Baptist calling people out into the wilderness and they come in order to confess their sins, says Mark, and in order to be um, baptised. And the first Christians take that pretty seriously. So um, baptism is that fundamental moment where you um, step into that turn, that arc um, towards God and away from sin and from the old and from corruption. It, baptism is where it starts and you look back to your baptism as the moment where you made that turn. And um, so there's, um, there's good evidence that in very early Christian baptism, um, a part of the, um, the service, the celebration would be the public confession of sin, um, which is a practice that sort of tails off and peters out a little bit later on, but very early on, um, the public confession of sin. Um, and actually bits of the church, bits of the early church, um, debate the issue of whether after that repentance and after that baptism, it's actually possible um, if you sort of again fall away to, to, to repent again. That's a question that some early Christians struggle with. For example, um, those who denied their faith under persecution in the early church, could they be restored to the church? Could they come back? Could they confess that sin and repent? So that's one side of things, the sort of once for all um, moment of turning away, turning towards. But at the same time, in the early church, and this also flows from the New Testament, we have, um, we have another idea um, that goes with that, that all of the Christian life is basically a life of repentance. The whole of our Christian life is a daily turning away from the old mm -hmm. and turning towards the new. Mm -hmm. And that, that part of that daily Christian existence, um, and it's something which ought to characterise Christian relationships in the church, um, 
is going to be the practice of confession. So I'm thinking now of texts like 1 John, if we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Or James 5, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. So there's there's another kind of thread, I guess, for us to pull on here of, of sort of regular um, confessing to one another in order to find healing, in order to find cleansing, in order to find reconciliation. And, um, and that's a thread which first, I think, passes into the monastic communities like the desert mothers and fathers and people like this who make that one of their core disciplines to share, open their lives to one another and to receive um, the comfort of the gospel and also spiritual direction for the for the next stage of the journey I'm starting to think about okay what difference does confession actually make have you noticed the way confession um shapes the way someone will relate to god yeah i mean i think it i think it makes all kinds of difference um we have this expression don't we that we there's something we need to get off our chest as though it's weighing us down um i was reading um psalm 32 this morning and that's a great um, psalm of um, our silence actually burdening us, like trying to keep our sin in us, um, weighing us down, pressing down on us. So I think one of the one of the differences that confession makes is it, it just unburdens us. Um, uh, I think another difference that it makes is confession can be a spiritual discipline through which we recognise more and more that no part of our life is unrelated to Jesus and and the renewal that he seeks to bring. So not our money, not our family relationships, not our um, professional goals, none of that is unrelated. And I think it's sometimes as we sort of seek to articulate what's within us that, that we begin to see that all of those things are connected. Um, I think one of the other differences it makes is that confession, um, it sort of brings us to ourselves. Um, that's why I say it's sort of like telling a slightly truer story about yourself because we tend to think, well, God is the mysterious one, but me, I know myself pretty well. Mm. Um, but in actual fact, that that's really not the case. And um, sort of having a clear mm. sense of self. I mean, we have this remarkable capacity to, to kid ourselves and to sort of re-narrate, rewrite our own motives, our own actions, to paint them in a better light. And there's something about confession that as we begin to talk, um, those things unwind and unravel pretty pretty quickly, which is painful and frightening, but but really important. And I think from there, the difference it makes is a difference of connection. You know, it reconnects us to one another, um, and it and it reconnects us to God. Mm. So it makes all kinds of difference mm. um, in our lives. And um, one of the things we want to grow in is is being more like Jesus in terms of our character. And how do you think um, confession? What like what sort of characteristics does it cultivate in a person's character? Yeah. So I guess one of the one of the strange things about the practice of confession is it's one of those things where you, you sort of ask, well, you know, Jesus didn't confess. Jesus didn't need to confess. So how is this a practice that allows us to be more like Jesus and sort of do the things he did? And I, I think what I would say to that is that um, the spiritual discipline of confession is actually not just about learning to confess our sins and then receive God's comfort. It's actually also a discipline of learning to hear the confessions of other people. And I think that is um, 
that is no easy task. Um, and I think this is where um, it's the give and take of confession, I think, sometimes that really cultivates a certain Christ-like quality in us. Um, you know, we grow, I think, in the capacity to hear a, a brother or sister's confession um, without intrigue and without scandal. So we're, we're not appalled by it, um, but nor are we sort of listening on as though it was some sort of soap opera that we're, that we're fascinated by. Um, we hear another Christian um, bring something out into the open um, uh, and, and we are, for them, um, uh, neither scandalised nor intrigued, but we're, we're ready to hear and to share with them their story, their sin. Um, and I think the other thing that it will then cultivate is, um, uh, and I think this really is a, a thing of sort of character and very careful discernment is, you know, when is it the moment to speak, um, to tell somebody, you know, we're always tempted, I think, when we hear a confession to say, you know, you shouldn't beat yourself up. You shouldn't be so hard on yourself. Um, there are moments where we need to, of course, bring the words of Christ's comfort but also actually bring Christ's call to discipleship, mm. call to leave that behind, call to, to turn towards God and to step out into the new that he has for us. Um, so I think those are the kinds of qualities and characteristics mm. of Jesus that are cultivated in mm. us. But it happens not just as we practice confession, but as we hear it. Yeah. And we probably shouldn't be doing one without doing the other, I think, for that reason. Yeah. And, um, you know, if a community started practising, what would you anticipate um, would change about those relationships, both within the community, but also beyond that community? I mean, I think, I think the two things that are, are, are fostered in the life of a community that practises confession are probably honesty, on the one hand, and hope, on the other. So we become people who, because of the hope we have in Jesus, his forgiveness, his renewal, his restoration, we are, we are actually able to be honest. We don't need to hide from ourselves or to hide from one another, which is actually the, the opposite of what we worry that confession is going to be, because we worry that confession is going to um, sort of um, I don't know, take forgiveness out of God's hands and, and make it some kind of mechanism. I say what I've done, you tell me that's all right. We worry it's going to um, cause fractures and breakages in our community relationships because if they know what I've really done or what I've really thought or, or what I've really said about somebody, that's, that's going to that's gonna break things. Um, when, of course, the truth is that we are up, you know, up until that point, we are kind of alone in a crowded room in a community if we if we feel that we can't um, sort of uh, share um, our our true self with with other people, um, and um, we we worry that it will just you know lead us to be sort of horribly negative about ourselves, and then we'll end up with you know just low self esteem and, and and incapable to imagine that anything will ever be different with us about us in our lives. Um, so, um, actually the opposite of all those things is the case, I think. I, I think it, it, it sort of makes for honest but also hopeful relationships. And especially in terms of human relationships, I think, you know, that there's, there's something um, profound about the way, uh, I think, a community that practices confession. We have known what it is to have our relationships mended 
by God as we confess, as we forgive one another. But also we have known one another to be part of the way in which God is mending us. Because as we confess to somebody and that person prays for us, with us, stands with us, um, sort of contends for us in a sense um, and sort of takes on that Christ-like role for us, um, we become for one another um, part of the way in which God meets with us. Mm. Um, and of course, I think those things overflow. We will be a community that's not afraid to say sorry, mm. not afraid to own the things that we've done. Um, and, and that's something which will be not just for the community of the church, but the way in which Christians operate in every sphere of life, mm. I think. So um, you've, you've painted, I think, a pretty compelling vision and reason why we should practice this. So, so getting a bit more practical, um, for those people who were, at the beginning we were saying it can be quite intimidating practice to engage it with, um, can you put your finger, and you've done it in already a little bit, but um, on why people are intimidated by it? Uh, so, you know, we, we worry it'll distance us from God and from one another and, and, and that it'll be sort of ruined for our sense of self. But, you know, I think also, um, I think we're intimidated by confession because we sort of have an in, a kind of intrinsic sense of its power. Um, the power of something coming to light, the power of somebody else um, hearing us try to um, sort of offer a coherent um, sense of us and the decisions we make and the story that we tell only to find it starting to kind of unravel a little bit um, um, as it's heard. So I think we're intimidated by confession in part because we we know its power to bring change. And, you know, it was the late great St. Augustine who said, you know, Lord, make me chaste, but not yet. <laughs> it's that sort of sense of, um, we, you know, we, we want to change, um, but, but maybe not yet. Mm. And, um, and, and so I think for that, for that reason too, it's quite mm. an intimidating um, mm. practice. Okay. Mm. So how do we start then to get beyond the intimidation and start to engage with this practice? Yeah, well, I guess the really obvious but also frustrating answer is that it's something that we learn to do by doing it. Mm. Um, but I think, um, and also, you know, I think by, by, by trying to bust those myths of, confession and repentance being sort of primarily negative terms where I think the Christian understanding of those words is primarily positive mm -hmm. and flows straight from the gospel and the death mm -hmm. and resurrection of Jesus and all that makes possible. Um, but I, I guess um, I guess one of the one of the ways in which we um, can start to do it if we're intimidated by it is to just think really carefully about who we might choose to confess to. Um, and um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of one anothering um, in Scripture. You know, confess your sins to one another, um, outdo one another with love and good deeds. Um, and 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 so I think if you if you sort of feel able to sort of enter into a, maybe a little community, maybe two or three. Um, or, or threes or fours. Threes or fours. Oh, right. <laughs> sorry. sorry, I'm off message. Yeah. No, okay. Threes or fours is yeah. the magic number. Um, and. Um, and to sort of um, open yourself up in, in that um, place of trust and confidence, um, then I think that can be very powerful. Um, I think others, um, the place to start is actually by finding some kind of mentor mm. or spiritual director. Um, and that that's um, somebody who can sort of walk with you on your Christian journey. And, and that 
confession would only be a part of that relationship, but it really could be a part of it. Um, there's another side to all of this, um, which I, I don't think we'll have a chance to crack open today, which is, um, you know, the idea of um, the particular place that a, a Christian leader or a pastor or a priest has in um, in hearing in hearing confession and sort of pronouncing the words of Christ's forgiveness and um, in confidence. Um, but, um, but 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 we probably can't sort of get into that that hot potato um, today. Um, what I would say is um, we often feel like we need to choose somebody who knows us well. It could be somebody who knows us well, but it, but it needn't be. We often feel like we need to choose somebody who knows our specific struggles well. And again, it could be, but it needn't be. I think the main qualification um, for um, the person to whom you're going to confess is not that they know you well or your struggles well, but that they know the mercy of Jesus Christ well. It's somebody who knows the word of the cross, mm -hmm. the word of the end of the old and the beginning of the new well. Um, and, um, and I think similarly for those of us who are hearing confession, uh, we shouldn't feel intimidated if we have never known what it's like to struggle with such and such. Um, we know what it's like to struggle with sin. We know what it's like to encounter the mercy of God. Mm. That's really the, the qualification. That's mm. where you start. So, so some, some a pattern group that say are, are deciding to do confession. They kind of sit in a room. Like, what is what do they do? What does the hearer do? What does the the person confessing do? What's what's it going to look like? I mean, so to start to start with, I guess the the hearer or the hearers um, listen. Um, and and um, and I think it's it's um, I think we have to remember we none of us are strangers to sin and so to to listen again like I said without that kind of um, slightly salacious intrigue and without that slightly appalled kind of scandal um, sense of scandal we we just listen to what to what this other person has to say because nothing is too big for the mercy of God. I think, and maybe this is another reason why some people are intimidated by confession, I think we've got to be open to the, to the, to the fact, the reality that because of sin, confession does put you in a really vulnerable place with other people. And, and actually it could be, it could be a place that's open to spiritual abuse. If you've got someone that's very heavy handed with you in response to, to, to what you're saying. And so I think for those who hear as well, it, it's actually it's actually really important to almost draw a line between kind of pronouncing the reality of reconciliation over this person and the advice that you will inevitably give, the guidance that you will inevitably give in a pattern group. Like, mm. this is what I think you should do. Mm. Um, I think it's quite important to distinguish between this is what God says about you and this is what... I think you should do um, and, and to make sure that the person knows you're not saying this is what God is telling you to do. And um, for the, the person confessing, like, you know, how do they prepare themselves or what do they do? Uh, well, I think I think perhaps Psalm 32 is, not, is actually not a bad place to start. Like I said, um, I'm sort of reading that this morning for as long as I kept silent, um, my sin weighed me down. Um, I think to prepare, you remember that um, even though a confession is 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 painful and it feels like a death, uh, because actually it, it kind it, it is a death. You know, our our old 
humanity is dying with Christ as we confess these things and receive his forgiveness and his renewal. Um, but actually it makes, it makes for life. You know, that's that it's, you're coming to find healing. And I think if you remember that as you prepare to confess, um, uh, I think probably that's the most important thing to do. Mm, And do you have any like final encouragements for us as a church around this area of confession? Yeah, I guess my, I guess my final encouragement would be to, to remember, um, uh, confession, um, you know, we are forgiven. We are renewed in Jesus Christ. Confession is not something that makes that possible. Confession is a spiritual discipline, a means of grace given by God that allows us to step into what is real and true of us in Jesus Christ um, and to live more in the light of it and to be changed by it. Um, so, you know, we're not talking about something sort of a, a sort of a grand ideal here. We're talking about Um, what is most real about us and just taking a step into it. Thank you so much, Mark. It's been really helpful. Thank you for listening to the Pattern Podcast. If you'd like to explore more spiritual patterns of living, head over to pattern.org.uk.